Russian in London designs her perfect future. Today I'm delighted to talk to Ekaterina Solomina. I met her when I was studying one of her programs in London. It was for design thinking and innovation. She's the co-founder of a business called Future London Academy and she runs programs and courses for students all around the world. Learn how she turned her side hustle into a full-time business. Enjoy. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to the Selfmaker Show. This is your host, Connor Lynch. Hi, Katerina. How are you today? Very good, Connor. Good to see you. And likewise. It's been a while since we met face to face. I think it was about two years ago when I did Design Thinking and Innovation, one of your courses at the Future yes. of London. Yes. As always, it was a lot of fun, and that's what I love the most about everything that we do, that we can meet people like you and uh, stay in touch years after. Thank you very much. Likewise. So it was, um, do you want to tell me about, a little bit about the course that I did and the program, the type of program that you, that you run? So I run Future London Academy, and essentially we are an executive school for creatives. So we run a variety of programs, courses, events for people who work innovation, design or technology. And particularly the one that you attended was a one week program that is hosted in London. And it was all about things around design thinking, innovation, service design. And what we do, we bring people from all around the world. It's usually the group of 20 to 30 people. And uh, during this week, we all go to different companies, different agencies, people who do great things, who innovate, who thinks about the future. And we learn from their teams, from their founders, from their creative directors, from their heads of innovation. And it's quite an immersive experience. And we are very proud that we curate them in a way to show the best bits of creativity here in London, as well as the best bits of London. So we include a lot of art and kind of street art and other things that make London so special. Uh, and obviously the big part of it is hanging out with all the other participants uh, where you actually learn from other professionals in the industry who are from Brazil or from Australia, or from Canada or from wherever they are and also work in innovation and also do great things. So I usually hang out with everyone myself. So yeah. that's how I meet people and this is how we met. So I'm very glad that we did. Yes, absolutely. It was, it was, it was a brilliant week. We really learned a lot. It was a you know, very immersive experience, as you said, very educational, but also I've met, I've met, I've met some really great people from around the world and I've I bumped into some people and met people in Bangkok afterwards that were on the course and also in Dubai and um, some have visited Dublin and uh, I'm still in touch with uh, quite a few of the people. So it's, it's really great uh, community building that, uh, that is also on offer. So um, is there any other course to say, like there's huge changes in, in, in course delivery and program delivery because of um, all the issues that have happened in 2020. So can you maybe tell about how your business has changed during this year and, and, and planning for the future? What's, what's new? 
Sure. I think we always believed in human connection and bringing people together. So that stays the same. Uh, as you know, our mission to connect creative communities from all around the world and give them knowledge and inspiration to make the world better. So I suppose that's the constant. We haven't changed that. We, we're still on our mission to connect people, to bring them together. But now we're just doing it digitally. So uh, we created several programs, some are shorter format, some are longer format, uh, and essentially we do online immersions into everything that's happening, not just in London now, but also in California, in, in other countries, in Belgium, Germany. And um, our online experiences also consist of masterclasses from the best people in the industry who share their behind the scenes, their secrets, how they approach projects, how they work with clients, so really, really need to gritty things, not like the, the generic uh, conference type of content that you might encounter if you've been to a lot of industry events. It's really, really the, the, the tough stuff that people usually don't talk about, the mistakes and failures and how you actually make things happen. And now because, of, because it's online, we are able to collaborate with some of the best agencies, companies and creatives in, um, in Silicon Valley, in New York, in lots of other countries. So it's quite exciting. And uh, if you go to our website, you'll see all the variety of experiences. But I suppose the big part of that was, and very important part of that was for us to still get the same feeling of bringing people together, bringing the community together and meeting new people. I have a mantra of uh, that you need to leave with at least one friend after the program and uh, essentially through through the online experiences we do the same uh, we put people in breakout rooms together and uh, on zoom obviously it's quite easy to connect people wherever they are and uh, they discuss things that they're working on and it's really magical actually to see someone from Brazil discussing the project they're working on with someone from Saudi with someone from Australia uh, and it's fascinating how much everyone has in common and how many challenges everyone has in common and uh, we also saw people staying in touch afterwards which is fantastic this is the reason why we exist I suppose to bring people together inspire them and make them learn great things. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So I, I, I had such a great experience in the real world program. I'm just wondering how I, you know, how could the, 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 the virtual only offering compete? What are the challenges that, that you faced in order to, to try and replicate that? But also has that a big impact on the pricing model and revenue model that you would have for your business? Sure. So um, we, in general, uh, my founder and I, we came from digital backgrounds. So we worked in digital marketing and um, tech world. So in that sense, technology wasn't something new. But because it wasn't something new, we actually stayed away from digital experience for quite a while. We both believe in physical spaces, meeting people face to face. So um, we know that it's a very different experience of being in the room with someone and being online so we have no illusions between two different things and um, as soon as the the world will be back to normal our offline offering will continue just now we have a, a second branch which is digital and we always wanted to do digital so in that sense it wasn't something completely off uh, from our plan it was uh, just sped up by the timing and by what the world was going through so in that sense, when we realized we do need to do digital, we kind of sat down and thought, okay, now that we have to do it, how can we make it as exciting and as 
special and immersive as everything that we've been doing before because as as you said and as you've heard from other people it is very special it is very different from a conference or any course or event that you attend it it brings people together it gives that behind the scenes feeling that you will never get because you physically go to someone else's office and see how they work so how can we make that work online so that was a big challenge and in a true startup innovation fashion, we did lots of prototypes, we experimented a lot. Uh, so we launched our first course in June and actually iterated since June on every single one in terms of what do we include, how we make people connect, how people collaborate, what exercises they do. And um, it worked out very well. So couple of elements that we realize are very important. One is obviously the community, as I mentioned, it is very important, not just to observe everything that you see, but also sharing it with others. So putting people in those breakout rooms and let them discuss things helps them not just to learn better because suddenly you talk to someone else about things you've just heard, but also connect to someone else uh, who might have exciting perspectives on something that you're working on. So community was a big part of it. Uh, second was the real behind the scenes. Again, we didn't want to miss out on this very, very unique and exclusive content that we always were able to provide. So that comes in preparation. We work a lot with our experts and speakers in terms of how we prepare, the guidelines we give them, as well as we do rehearsals beforehand on what they present. We give a lot of feedback and we are very precise about what we want to hear from them. So if someone suddenly decides to show kind of the typical case studies from the website, that won't work. So we actually had to redo quite a few of presentations together with our experts to make sure it lends well with the type of audience that we have in our programs. And yeah. um, I suppose the, the third aspect was what kind of weird, cool things can we bring? Because again, we are very quirky and we are very different. So what else can we bring to these experiences that will make it more interesting, exciting, different. So we did everything from, we had cocktail masterclasses, we had street art tours. So we actually had a guide walking around streets of London while narrating the street art. We had um, Miro, we used Miro a lot in terms of interactivity where again, people can collaborate. So that was a lot of fun to kind of come up with all these other things. Um, but also eventually we kind of evolved and found more things that we didn't even think about. For example, exercises and doing things together. Now we try to incorporate more and more exercises in every session that uh, we have. So every expert actually prepares something practical for people to do. So you don't just passively sit and listen to someone. You actually interact with that content quite a lot. So yeah, a lot of experimentation and um, seeing what works, what doesn't and keeping what works and changing what doesn't. <laughs> that's brilliant so it's a lot of exciting um, developments there that i'd love to check out so um how has the market um responded to the change um in the offering the new offering for this year and i suppose has has business been good for this year considering all the the, the, the difficulties out there um have you managed to you know say pivot pivot the business model for this year and then add a new um new revenue stream for next year and beyond Sure. I mean, I won't lie, it wasn't the easiest year. I don't think it was easy for everyone or anyone. And uh, it definitely was scary at some point where especially uh, we actually had a program in March, as you remember, our innovation week always happens in March. So literally we were running the physical program while the lockdown was happening around the world and we were 
literally getting into the closed doors and we finished it just before London went into lockdown. So it was a very emotional time when every day you wake up and you don't know what's going on and how do you have to react to that as a business? How can you keep the team? How can you keep the business? You don't know anything. So I think that's the scariest part. But uh, I think as every entrepreneur and startup owner, you're quite used to changes as well. So because market changes all the time, your business changes all the time. So the, the, the ones who are actually still alive as businesses are the ones who were able to adapt. So in that sense, uh, we were quite prepared to make quick iterations to see what we need to do. Uh, we knew that whatever we launch first might not work out and we'll have to rethink things. Luckily, kind of through our iteration prototyping process, actually the first program that we launched, which was online, which was also about innovation, actually landed quite well. And we had enough people attending it. So we kind of, uh, it was the first successful, our MVP was mm -hmm. successful. And then from there, we just learned from it. So we saw that there is a need for this. So that was good to hear. And uh, the product was good enough, but we made it even better through iterations. And then uh, the best part that the satisfaction was, was great. People were saying incredible and amazing things that just kept us going because everyone was stuck in the same situation. Everyone was stuck at home. It's not like you were choosing between going to a week experience in London or watching it online. This was the only thing you could do. So by us trying to do the best in situation that we had, we actually managed to build a really, really great community. And I suppose the side effect of that, that we kind of didn't even think about at the beginning is uh, that we managed to engage new countries. So usually on our programs, as you know, we have people from all around the world, but usually it's like 14, maybe 15 countries. And this time we had, I think around 30 countries and we definitely had new countries. We had Egypt for the first time. We had, I think, Guatemala for the first time. There were a couple of countries that we never had on our programs before. And because it was online and obviously it was a cheaper offering, a lot of people were able to afford it, as well as there is no cost of flying and accommodation and everything else. So there were a lot of people who told us that they've been following us for many years and really wanted to attend everything that we do, but just couldn't afford it. And now they could do it from the comfort of their home. So in that sense, um, even though it was scary and very stressful year, it actually worked out quite well and uh, definitely gave us uh, enough hope and strategy to develop this further. And uh, next year seems very, very good. That's great. Well, that's um, congratulations. It's, I know it's a lot. It's a tough struggle, but you did a great job, and I'm really happy that you um, have come out the other side with with lots of hope for the future. But let, maybe just looking back into the past, so you you ended up um, uh, as co-founder of 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 this business. So before that, how did you? Um, what was your journey before that to kind of amass the skills that you brought to bear in this in this business? I don't think. Anyone masters anything before starting a business, but uh, my story was a, I suppose, a, a typical creative story of um, I wanted to be a designer. Actually, my first degree was programming, so I was supposed to be a developer, and I studied C and C++, which is very heavy stuff, but uh, eventually when I realized I wanted to be a designer, I had quite a traditional career of working in agencies. And I loved doing design, I loved everything creative and it brought me so much joy. 
And when I moved, uh, I was born in Russia and eventually I moved uh, about 13 years, I moved to London. And what I realized is that creative communities are very disconnected. Um, so I had a lot of friends, a lot of people in the industry that I knew in Russia, and it was very, very collaborative. And I loved that I could access um, all those people to ask for advice. As soon as I moved to London, even though I had a very successful career in Moscow, I was a nobody. No one heard of me. No one knew the companies that I worked for. Therefore, there was no one I could ask for anything. And that was a very stressful experience. And because of that, obviously, I tried extra hard to build that network. And as you know, in London, it's all about networking. And I think a lot of big cities, it's all about the people that you know. It's all about companies that you know, who you know. And, um, and that helps you to find jobs. That helps you to be better at your job. So essentially, I was building that bit by bit by meeting people and working in different fantastic companies and working with incredible, talented people. And when I kind of got to a decent level, I thought I want to share what I have. And I started um, teaching at universities. I was speaking at conferences. I was constantly going back to Russia and sharing with everyone new things that I've learned through this experience because I wanted someone like that uh, who could have shared that with me, whatever, five years ago before I moved. And um, it, was, it, it was very interesting to see people's reaction. And more and more people were reaching out to me saying, this was amazing. Like, could you introduce me to someone? I'm planning to move to London. I'm thinking of building a career here. Uh, and uh, I was kind of advising people about what they can do. But I had a full-time job as a creative director at that point. So all of these things of all these speaking gigs and advising, it was just a fun thing I would do in the evening. And it was fun. I really, really enjoyed it. But then it started taking more and more of my time. And uh, my good friend, Mo, and he, we used to work with him, um, two companies before that. And uh, we were just chatting with him and I was telling him about all the things that I'm doing. And he's like, why don't you do it as a business rather than spending all your free time? Because you can't do it well when it's just a side thing and you don't even put enough time aside for it. No one pays you for that. Therefore, you can't afford to kind of um, have a day just focusing on that and uh, I never thought about it as a business but he's much more business-minded person he, his background is in sales so he said I'll, I'll help you set it up let's do it together and that's essentially what happened uh, we started FutureLearn Academy and we thought okay now that it, it can be a proper thing we can package it better we can plan it better we can think of the, the full experience that people have by coming to London and uh, what, what can we give them that will be inspiring and useful and exciting and and will immerse them in this wonderful community that London has and uh, that's what we did seven seven years ago and um, yeah it has been a journey that's brilliant no it's a, it's a great story and um, you certainly are, certainly are a good team so um, the I, I watch your your Instagram and your social and it's uh, very very strong like really really beautiful designs uh, the website is looking really great as well so do you want to talk to me about marketing and design because obviously you're in that space you want to really look good in terms of what you're putting out there Who, who's in charge of design and creating the great content etc that you put out sure um it's great that you mentioned design because obviously that's what we're very passionate about and uh, coming from a creative background myself 
I knew from day one that that will be an important part of everything that we do. But I suppose it's extra tough for us because we also work with designers. So we work with those creative directors who come to our programs. So they have really high standards themselves. So we just couldn't afford to look bad. And that was always a priority for us to make sure that everything that we do is up to our own design standards. And uh, we built a really, really great design team. We have uh, two designers working with us right now and they're both fantastic and brilliant. And we had designers before that who all contributed to building what we have. And uh, they're all very creative and they all have kind of different um, views on how we can develop. And this is what keeps our brand evolving and pushes us further. We don't stand still. Uh, so Georgia looks out after our Instagram. So he's fantastic at picking the right things. He curates everything that you see on our social media and makes it look wonderful. We have Polina who makes all of campaigns and all the marketing again. She's super talented and has incredible vision. And I suppose I am getting further and further away from day-to-day -day creative. I occasionally review things and um, and advise or maybe brainstorm with the team but i have to say they are amazing on their own now so they don't need much of my guidance yeah great so you've your skills then obviously have evolved um because you're running a business than when you were a designer so do you want to maybe tell about that that um, all those new skills and challenges and the learning curve that you went through in order to get to a, you know where you are now much more comfortable in managing all the finances and and and, and uh, all the commercial uh, aspects. Um, yeah, I suppose it's a, it's a, it's really interesting. First of all, our motives never stop learning, so I'm definitely still learning, and we'll keep learning. And um, you're right; there is no there is all these other skills are never taught to us, especially being from a creative background. It's not something you learn at university. There is no finance class at university. I can't believe that universities don't teach finance. It's just so silly. And uh, all the other things that you actually will have to experience, most of us will have to experience, no matter if we will run a company or not, we do need to understand about how to manage people, how to lead people, and uh, all the other aspects of running successful teams, where, whether you are in a company or whether you are running a company. And um, yeah, we have to learn them as we go. I read lots of books. I am obsessed with learning. I, I don't know how many courses I attend myself. And uh, I suppose that's why I run a, a learning company because I believe that that what mm. improves our lives. And I personally enjoy every single program that we run and I attend every single program because I learn a lot from that. Actually, we have a program uh, coming up in December, which will be about how to run an agency. And the reason why we created this program, because I just wanted to hear from other people how, how they do this. How do they run their finances? How do they run operations? And we have fantastic agency owners from 300 people agencies to two people agencies who will talk about how they built, grew and created their international businesses with offices around the world. And them as creative people, how did, you figure, how did they figure out strategy and finance and operations and team management? So that's a still topic for me that I keep learning about. I suppose a couple mm. of things that were crucial for me on this journey is one, a misconception that I had that if you're creative, you can't be business-minded. And uh, I keep mentioning Carol Dweck as my favorite uh, psychologist. I know she probably 
overquoted a little bit, but if any of your listeners haven't read Carol Dweck's book called Mindset, I would definitely recommend it. It talks a lot about how um, growth mindset actually can improve the way we believe our life. So as you know, the premises of the book is about fixed mindset, people who believe that every trait of their character is fixed and they can't do anything about it, while growth mindset is the opposite, that even if you're bad at maths, if you practice enough, you'll be better at maths. And uh, it uh, essentially proves through research that people who have growth mindset achieve much more in their life. And um, kind of there are lots of bad habits that we have as as people, when we, even when we give praise, uh, we might uh, say it in a way that develops fixed mindset. So telling someone that they're good at maths actually doesn't help them to be better at maths because they suddenly think that it is fixed. While if you say you did well in maths because you practiced a lot, that gives them an idea that next time, if they fail, that means they didn't practice enough. Not that they are suddenly bad at maths, but it's just they need more practice. So after I read this book, literally it transformed my life. And because at that point, I really believe that I'm very bad at finance and I'm definitely bad at business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, hmm, maybe I can be better at it if I just try harder and practice more. And um, that's what happened. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And now when I look at myself all those years ago, uh, I'm very glad that I started trying and started doing things because actually it turns out I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah it's, it's all about learning and uh, just finding information where you can, but also just trying and failing mm. and learning from that. That's brilliant. Um, is there somebody who might have mentored you or you looked up to or was in, you know, guided you uh, uh, as an advisor just as you were going through this journey who helped you? Um, I definitely look up to my co-founder, Mo, I think because uh, he came from a sales background. This was always a mystery skill for me. And I think that's why we were good friends from the beginning. And that's why we started an agency together or a company together. Because for me, sales was something that, again, I thought I could never do well. It requires a lot of confidence, really good language, presentation, all of the things. And also selling, like money wasn't a subject that I liked to talk about when I was growing up. And as a designer, as creative people, we're always told that money is kind of the opposite of creativity. So definitely seeing him selling and uh, because we used to work together and I saw him um, I was essentially on the creative side he was on the sales side uh, of the agency that we worked in and uh, he was the best salesperson I've ever met and it was magical for me to watch him talking to clients and not just selling them but making them very happy and everyone loved him all the clients worked to work with him and uh, everyone invited him to all the parties it was just very very fascinating for me to see someone like that had that charisma and but also was good at his job so I definitely learned a lot from him and uh, he gave me a lot of training on how to be better at presenting myself and uh, all of these things so I'm definitely much more confident now talking about money and other things than I was before um, so I'm very, very grateful that he he exists in my life. In terms of other mentors, um, I feel like I probably met so many people on, in my life through my previous jobs, and each single one of them taught me something. And um, it doesn't need to be a big superstar that you look up to. It can be a person you work next to that you just watch them and 
and you realize they think differently from you and you watch you learn from from them what what you can do better so mm. yeah i think if we if we want big names obviously i'm friends with michael wolf who is uh, founder of wolf walling it's a fantastic agency and he's now 80 87 or 88 years old mm. um and he's just a branding guru and um he created one of the most successful agencies on the planet and uh, he is just a very charismatic fun incredible and wise person who constantly gives me advice and just just talks about fun stuff so yeah i'm i'm also very grateful i have him in my life that's brilliant. Now, I've seen you interview him, so that's something that people should check out. Uh, probably find that through your through your website. So, um, is there any other any other ways that you learn? You said you read a lot. Is there any other any other books or podcasts or video where you would recommend people to to Ooh. go and check out some of your favorites? Absolutely, I'm obsessed with podcasts. By the way, when I say read, I mean listen. I don't read anything. Mm. I don't know when to find time to read. But listening to things was a, such a brilliant life hack for me because yeah. I sit all the day. So if I have an opportunity to stand up and go for a half an hour walk, I would always do that. So having a podcast or an audiobook is literally doing yeah. two things uh, at the same time, which is amazing. And um, so I, I listen to lots of podcasts. The classic one, like Startup and How I Build This, I think every entrepreneur, founder, business owner should listen to them because they're just fantastic. And obviously, startup, uh, the, 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 the podcast about starting a podcast company that is now obviously has been sold to Spotify. It's a successful story of uh, basically the company happening in real life and uh, the, the guy recording everything that happens from raising money to actually running it. So I think that's such a brilliant mm. podcast. And, and how I build this, I admire Guy Rice so much. Every time I listen to his podcast, first of all, I smile the entire time because I feel like he's just such a joyful person. And also the stories and how he brings them uh, together and how he gets all those emotional moments from people. I found him like probably the most incredible journalist that I've ever listened to or I've ever read. So mm. he, he's fantastic. I recently discovered a new podcast that I would recommend everyone, especially now. It's called Happiness Lab. I don't know if you have you heard of it. No, not yet. No. Uh, definitely check it out. It's from Yale University professor. And uh, essentially, it's all about happiness and psychology of happiness. And it's not as cheesy as it sounds. It's, uh, it's actually a lot of science and research. But the story is that she created that class uh, about happiness at Yale that became the most oversubscribed class in history and uh, kind of proving that a lot of people need a bit of help with how our brains work and how can yeah. we trap ourselves in all sorts of anxieties. And uh, she's brilliant and she kind of, each episode is about a certain thing and research on that. It's very well produced and uh, yeah, definitely recommend it. I'm halfway through it and enjoyed every single episode. Brilliant. Well, I love you sharing some happiness with others and we can, we can spread the word and I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, just uh, just uh, how, how do you see yourself as, as a manager, like as a manager, as a business planner, like, is it, how, how do you go to that process? Do you think far away in the future or do you try and write things down? Do you do numbers or like, how do you manage the next say, couple of years? What's the, what, how do you do it? 
Good question. And uh, it's actually a question that I discussed a lot in preparations for our new program with other founders. And, and it's very interesting how different people's answers are from, I don't plan anything. It just, we see how it goes and they still run incredibly successful companies to people who are very, very kind of organized and operational and um, just love planning. I suppose I'm on the planning side. I definitely slightly over obsessed with operations, which is, I suppose, quite unusual for a creative person. Hmm. But I have a feeling it comes from my engineering background uh, that I like things to be in the right places. And um, I, when I hear things about logistics and in preparations for another program, we actually had experts in logistics who do really, really difficult logistical things. I was just fascinating and mesmerized by everything they were saying. So I thought maybe if I didn't have a career in creative, I probably would become someone in logistics. It just fascinates me how to connect all the different dots together and plan them. So I'm definitely obsessed with planning and we do our kind of yearly plan with the team. So we sit down with Mo, my co-founder, and first kind of from our side, see where we want to be, what's important for us, and kind of from all sorts of things, from financial goals, but also from the team goals and from personal goals. Uh, for example, we know that there are certain ways that certain products that bring us more money, but there are certain products that bring us less money, but we love them so much that we know we'll always put them as priority. For example, our face-to-face um, -face programs that you experienced actually are not the most profitable thing that we do, but we love them and we know that they always will be important parts of what we do just because we enjoy running them mm. and we see them bringing a lot of value to the community. So um, if we were some ruthless business owners who were like, this one doesn't make enough money, let's cut it. But I suppose, yeah, it's important to run the business that you want to be part of. So definitely we kind of plan that. And then we also sit down with the team and let them comment on everything and kind of we sometimes have parts and chapters that are quite open to discussion and uh, we kind of have some thoughts on them, but it doesn't mean that myself and more will decide which directions we'll go because uh, we hire incredibly smart people as well. So we value their vision of the industry. Also, they're very different and that's very important again for us to hire people from different backgrounds, different thinking processes. So they sometimes point mm. out things that we didn't even think about. So we have that year planning and then we actually adjust probably every single, well, every two months, I suppose, because especially this year showed that you can't be certain about anything. And we looked about at our plan that we had a year ago and just laughed at it, how naive we were. So of course, nothing goes according to the plan 100% of times, but mm. it's good to have a plan and then adjust as you go. Great. So obviously you've, um, you've reached year seven, which is an fantastic achievement where um like like yourself personally as well as the business where do you see it going now in the next few years do you want to set up another business do you want to adapt this one or you know now that you've now that you're a successful entrepreneur what's how are you looking to the future maybe differently it's a good question and i suppose again this year showed us no matter how many plans we have it just doesn't mean anything so I think our overall plan is we want to grow and make this company um, having bigger impact on people's lives. It uh, doesn't mean having more people in the company, not necessarily. I think you can have 
massive impact with much smaller teams. Does it mean uh, going to different countries potentially because we are super passionate about connecting people and raising borders? But again, um, again nowadays you don't need to to have offices around the world to to be international. And actually, we've been working throughout all these seven years with companies in China, in Thailand, in US, in Australia. So that never stopped uh, us. So. Yes, we have big plans in terms of growth. I, I suppose the most exciting thing for us for the next year is our uh, executive program for design leaders, which was inspired by Bauhaus. And um, it's, it's a new step in our development because it's the first long-term program. It's a year program that we built and it's taught by the best people in the industry, CEOs of the best companies. And again, we just talked about how creatives never taught the finance and operation logistics. And that's exactly what the program will be about, all these MBA skills that we never got, but from the best of the best in the industry, as well as taught to for creative. So it's not like a typical boring MBA course that uh, you want to die from, but actually um, learning from people who are doing this right now in the most innovative companies and uh, not learning the how it should be in theory, but more learning how it is in practice and how you can apply it to, okay. to your real situation. So that's quite exciting. That's brilliant. So that's really great. You keep innovating. Is there any, any advice for people that are, that, that are starting up or maybe they have the side hustle and they're not quite sure, will I, will I make the jump? You know, any kind of advice for people about you know, taking that, that, that chance? I suppose I can only advise from my experience. So what worked for me? And um, I, I definitely like the fact that when we just started, I had a full-time job. It definitely gave me the sense of security and had space to experiment, knowing that I don't need to make all the money in the world in the first year of the company and I still have a good salary. Definitely, and both myself and co-founder, my co-founder both had full-time jobs at that point. So I'm very glad we did it that way. Definitely, it, uh, we, we became a much better company, a much better product because we had the time to actually think what we want to be. So if, if you have an opportunity to still keep your job while starting a company, I would say it's a good idea uh, to, to fail and learn and experiment and build something great without the stress of complete failure. And uh, I suppose having a co-founder again worked out very well for me. And uh, I think in YC and Y Combinator, they, I don't know if it's still the rule, but they didn't admit any startups uh, that were sole founders. They only uh, could take startups that have co-founders because uh, the actual success rate of companies that have co-founders is much higher. Because as we all know, the, the, the magic and the success uh, of, of the business actually doesn't depend as much on the product and your knowledge, but as the emotional strength to stomach it all. And all of us had days where it wasn't easy psychologically. All of us had days where you have to get yourself out of bed and having that someone else who understands you, who can go through these things with you, it's, it's really great. And I'm very glad that my co-founder is an incredible human being and I can be there for him and he can be there for me. So I think these two, I would say, were the most crucial for me. Everything else I think is very individual. So uh, just going for it and staying positive. That's yeah. also another good one. Yeah, great, great advice. 
Now, uh, just to kind of wrap up, um, how do people go and find out more about you and the courses, the programs, etc.? Sure. So everything is on our website, futurelondonacademy.co.uk. And we do have amazing Instagram with a lot of useful content. So definitely sign up. Uh, we're at Future London Academy. We also have a podcast uh, called Creative Capes, where we interview fantastic people in the industry. And we have a YouTube channel called Future London Academy, where again, we have interviews and lots of fun stuff. So wherever you are, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, we are everywhere. And we recently started a TikTok as well. So if you are of that age, uh, definitely go check out our TikTok account. We're experimenting with useful content out there. And if you want to connect with me, my name is Ekaterina Solomina, and it's very long, but I'm sure there will be show notes or something where you can yeah. Read it, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, write me a note. I'm super friendly, love meeting new people. So don't be shy. And if you're in London and want to come for a coffee, I love meeting new people. So definitely reach out. That's brilliant. And I, I would second that. She is uh, super friendly and do reach out. And um, it's been brilliant to catch up with you, Katarina, and, and learn about the, the business and, um, and say hello to, to Mo and, and everyone who might know me there. Um, I wish you all the best for you know, for the for the future. Um, it's going from strength to strength, and I'm very excited to see how you how you get on. Thank you so much, Corner, for having me. It was such a pleasure to catch up as well. So I felt like we were just hanging out and yeah. having a tea together. So thanks for having me, and uh, good luck with your podcast as well. It seems like an incredible thing and very very important thing to do for the industry as well. So thank you. Thank you very much, Catherine. Have a have a great um, have a great uh, year or two, and we'll we'll I'll see you in London as soon as possible. Absolutely. Thank you. All the see best. Ya. Thank you. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If this is your first time to join us, you are most welcome. And please subscribe for future episodes. This show is shared with you to help you succeed. So please share with others to help them succeed too. At Selfmakers, we believe you can all be your own business. We're here to help self-employed people across the globe accelerate their careers and achieve self-made success. Please visit selfmakers.com and follow Selfmakers on social media. Bye for now.